Welcome on in. It's a privilege and a pleasure, as always, to be in your ears for this landmark 200th episode. It's no secret, boxing can sometimes be the most uncompromising, unrelenting and unfair crucibles in all of sport. It's no secret that you have to be disciplined, dedicated and at times deranged, getting knocked down, trodden on, kicked, cut, bruised and battered to the point where every ounce of your being is pleading, screaming, enough. And of course it's no secret how dark this boxing world can be, with a cast of characters, some of whom, not all, like to lurk in the shadows and make it their business to interfere in boxers' business. But this episode is not about that lot. As Paul Brady famously sang, We've heard too much of that before. What might come as a secret to you, amongst all of that, between all of those characters, there are some of the most genuine, the most honest and kind-hearted people, of which no two are the same. Most, if not all, will mask that, will play the role of the big, the bad and the ugly, simply because they have to. They have to to survive. And then, amongst all of that again, you'll find Niall Kennedy. When you look up the definition of the word impact, it says the action of an object coming into contact with another. or making a marked effect or influence. I started this podcast almost three years ago. People I once followed as fans are now friends. People I'd never met or never knew are now trusted, valued and integral to my everyday life. Regardless of who you are or what you do, trust is an important part of your relationships. But in the boxing world, it's one of the biggest things. It takes time to earn it and can very easily be destroyed in seconds. And if you're in a hurry in this boxing world, whether it's management, coaching or media, boxing will stop you in your tracks. Niall Kennedy is one of a handful of people who gave me their time when I started first. It began with my slabbern and yabbern and regurgitating all the same old questions that a professional boxer answers in interviews. But I'm thankful to say it grew from that into me picking his brain, chatting more off-air than on, and learning as much about life as I ever did about boxing. So when my phone rang last Thursday, and the name Niall Kennedy popped up, it's not an option whether I answer it or not. And when he asked me to do the interview, that every and any main media outlet around this island would jump at. The impact hit me harder than any of his 14 defeated opponents. As you'll hear in parts, it was hard. Very hard. It was emotional. It was raw. But just like Big Niall Kennedy, it's real. It's not such a pleasure today in many ways. How are you keeping? Um, 
So, yeah, uh, uh, I mean, different week, but good, Jeff. I am fit, I'm well, I'm safe. Little man is downstairs watching only fools and horses. So. The world is always a better place when I was watching Rodney and Delboy. <laughs> I know, it's, it's scary that I have a five-year-old watching it, all right? It's even more scary. I can relate more to five-year-olds sometimes than I can to lads my own age. <laughs> that, that's a fact, yeah. You've been back on the horse over the last few weeks. News broke yesterday through your Instagram that um, all is not at rosy in, in the garden at the moment, which we'll get to in a few minutes. One common trend you've always painted at the darkest points of your life. Boxing somehow managed to pull you out when, when it didn't look like anything else could. With COVID and with, with no fights and with no money, uh, travelling up and down to Dublin was was too expensive, so I relocated down home. There was no far out with Pascal and they'd been training with George Slack and Corey Boxing Club. George was, has been brilliant to me. He's a good friend as well. And in the last couple of months with work as well, I've been helping out a little bit with that new boxing club, helping train the lads. MMA fans will know Richie Ivory. He's a, a, an, an, a very accomplished fighter. and He's been helping a bit with coaching as well over the last four weeks. So everything has been going unbelievably well. Energy goes where energy flows, Niall. You dig down deep inside, whether that's in a fight, whether it was in the in the craziest of scenarios. And, and to be fair to you, you've had them. A big part of your career, Niall, was Gory. It's renowned for hurling. It's renowned for football, soccer. I was listening to Dancing at the Crossroads just before I chatted to you there. Now, you're a tall man at the best of times, but these people make you feel even more tall, don't they? I'm blessed. I'm probably the proudest guy, man. I know this. I gave up boxing when I was 15 for three or four. Well, no, it was six years. And I came back while well, I was I was in a bad place with my mental health. And the guards actually got me back into boxing, believe it or not, back when I was 20. And I got a couple of trips out of the guards and I got the love back for it. And I went back at it. And in my seventh fight, I'm here at Horn, I won a national intermediate title. So in the eighth fight, I fought against... David Thompson, I think his name was, for against America in a, in a senior international. It had been a big jump, but everything was like just to come home and to be around the people that have seen you grow and that not being old, but they've seen you fuck up and they've seen you try and fix things. And you know, I always found Gory. Gory, I, I, I bought a house in Gory in 2007 when I was working at a station in Balbriggan just because I always wanted, I never wanted to live anywhere else. And so, yeah, it's a massive part of me. Somebody who knew Niall long before the boxing world got to know him at large was Gronya Mulcahy, a teacher of his who saw it in Niall Kennedy that not many of us, if any of us, saw. Clearly, she could see the good in a fella who he says himself wasn't always so good at that time. Always a gentleman. But for the lads from town to be doing ag science was just ridiculous. So um, there was a whole load of them that year that had no farm connection. So I ended up bringing them home to my own farm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet Lord. And Niall and his mate annoyed me so ever. Get out of my sight, go in and make a cup of tea and leave me alone while I work with the rest of them. So that's what they did. They came in and they made tea and they sat and watched telly for the afternoon. Um, but they were the kind of lads, you know, you'd have no second thought about they'd respect you, you'd respect them. Work and biology wasn't the big, the biggest thing in anyone's life. And I think one of the things that you have to say about Niall is he's never been shy about coming to school and talking to the lads man to man and saying, look, this study stuff isn't for everyone, but that's fine. He came back in and he was talking to the fifth years and like, I'm not a small one, but I'm not big either. He picked me up like a rag doll and the lads were gobsmacked. 
but just that bit of space we gave each other and then you know he's been very good to me too when I needed a bit of help he was right there more than ever they need male role models Mm -hmm. to be honest maybe it's not it's not the thing to be saying in this day and age of PC but coming from a woman it's not the same and for a man to stand up and like and and tell it straight and tell them that there is tough times in life there's help out there there's support out there. There's none of us strong enough to do it on our own. And coming from a man the size of him, when he has the belts with him, like if he is saying that, if he can say that, that there's none of us can do this on our own. 65 miles from my front door to Celtic Warriors. It's a 130 round trip altogether. It takes about an hour if there's no traffic, an hour and 10 minutes obeying the speed road. Haskell, in my opinion, is the best boxing coach in Ireland, but People wouldn't know his man management skills are very good. Like he, he's different for everyone. Like you know, he treats Stevie Armin different than he treats me. He treats Spike different than he treats Stevie. You know, he he manages each of us very well. Like and so you know, he sit down, he's very honest with you. You know where you stand with him. If if you're not working, he'll tell you. I probably had had stopped learning in the amateurs, but I felt with Pascal that. I was starting to learn fresh things. It was exciting again. I started to enjoy it again. We spent our summers in Coretown and the highlight of every week was the Gory Market on a Saturday and you went in with whatever few pence you had in your pocket and, and it always stopped at the bottom of the town for a hot dog. And second to the Dinky Diner, who are another big supporters of yours, they were the, the two nicest places yeah. and that warmth was always there. And when you feel it, it's what stands in for Gory out as one of those towns in Ireland that you just, you want to go back to. It has grown into a massive town over the last 10 years, but it's still, it's still lovely to go to walk downtown and just see, see Gory people and just, you know, always have a, a hello and a talk, so. It's a brilliant little town, in fairness, and thriving. You've got your boxing family, you've got your, your family in the force where you met your beautiful wife, you've got your, your, your own family and your community, but you turned over in 2015. Well, what happened was sometimes the, the IABA can be a little bit unforgiving. Um, we'll, we'll leave that to a different day, but... Uh, That's not the first time we've said that. <laughs> no, no, and look, I, I didn't fit the model of what they wanted. Amateur boxing had ran its course, unfortunately, and myself and Eve were in Prague. Could have been on a minimum, uh, I'm not sure. We were over there not long after getting married, and I literally buried my grandfather. I'd had a bad week of it previous to it, and... Um, I built up a bit of a relationship and had, had had a good connection with Pascal through Baron, his nephew, Steve. And I just said, listen, I'll send Pascal a message. If he's anyway interested, I consider that. If he's not, I said, we'll pull the plug, go back calling him football. And that was the April and I was 31 in the May. So long story short, then I sent Pascal a message. He replied, if there's a market, if I can get someone that's interested I'd love to take me on board and we were lucky Tony Dava had a show in Dublin I debuted on I had a fight in America shortly after that sort of a, a trial and error fight for the promoters so it sort of took off from there and you had those three quick fights in the back end or the second half of 15 and then another four in 2016 it was probably the most consistently busy, the constantly on the go. It's, it's important to mention Ken and the drop kicks. This boxing world, it, it can be a horrible place a lot of the time. The last year or so, it hasn't been the best. A lot of the time, it's dog eat dog. It's, it's you're treated like a piece of meat. You were very fortunate to have people like Pascal. You stuck with, he stuck with you, and and even bigger, yeah. the drop kicks and Ken Casey. Talk to us about them. 
Kane and Sean Sullivan and Adam Mazniak and Mike Bloom, that's more or less dropkick Murphy's boxing. The lads were unbelievably good to me and always very generous. But I think it's probably important for me to say that all those links came through Pascal, a phenomenal man to fight for his fight in relation to what we were getting paid and how many rounds we were fighting to step in us up. That was Pascal. Like my, my professional boxing career would never have happened without the man. Even up until last week, although I wasn't training with him, he was still having an input. He was, like He's very good and I am very conscious of how good he has been to me and very grateful of it. And the Murphys, like punk rock isn't my thing, so I wouldn't have known about the dropkick Murphys. It's only when you're over there and you realise the magnitude of how big they are. And next thing Ken is, is collecting you in this massive big jeep and you're going for a nitro coffee and Duncan Donuts like and he's just the most normal man of all time, real kind, good natured and I I was blessed and, and the experiences I had in Boston and I met family over there that I didn't know I had and the Johnsons who were who were great, they'd bring fifty people to a fight was a, a help as well when you're over there if if they know you can sell tickets, it's a great thing. Another person I may thank as well, um Mark Porter is phenomenal to all of Pascal's fighters, but he was unbelievable. He's he's turned out to be an, a really, really good friend. Like I, I love Gory and I love where I'm from so much. The only other place I've ever seen people as welcome him was in Boston. I really felt like I was one of their own over there. I had a message off Al Barr from the Dropkick Mafia's the lead singer the other day and Boston is massively Irish and the support I found and received over there. Spike and the lads will, will know who I'm talking about but uh, Lorena and Justine as well they are two massive Dropkick Mafia's fans but they go to anything that, that the lads are associated down to. Like, I was going over there and the girls had bought gifts for MJ when he was born and just fantasy stuff this boxing game is people don't get it and if they don't get it that's fine you'll never get it but it's as much an emotional sport as it is a physical I would say at times it's more emotional and and I remember watching your fight in Boston and that Paddy's Day and since that time I've seen that fight Niall I've said it from that day till this Ireland I've said for a long time really needs to revamp Paddy's Day it had Ken yeah. lads it had you lads boxing and it had a feel uh, my god it was like looking at all Ireland final day and and then to see you yeah. welcomed into that arena and I thought at times I had to remind myself, I said, this is in Boston. That was a big part, a big memory as well to take with you, isn't it? I remember Spike and myself, could have been Ray and myself. I'm not sure if it was the Massachusetts title or the, or the New England title. We were walking in a supermarket the following day and we got stopped going completely random. We weren't wearing any boxing gear or nothing like that. We were walking in no this... I hope, was there? No, no, no. <laughs> well, with, with Pike, honestly, you, you just don't know what he's going to turn up with. Um, and we got stopped and someone congratulated me for it. And, like, walking out into the House of Blues, from, obviously, my greatest memory is, is in Foxwoods Casino beating Alexis Santos, but... The Massachusetts title in the House of Blues and that Paddy's Day, that was something I'll never forget. For your winner by split decision. And the new New England heavyweight champion, Niall Boom Boom. We're approaching the part that I've been trying to hold at arm's length and 
it's these are memories, Niall, that are going to last you forever because you you worked hard for them and the people around you worked hard for you because I know you're very humble yeah. and very gracious by saying that you owe everything to Pascal but I'm sure Pascal will be the first to say that he, he knows enough and he's been around boxing for long enough to know that even if he wanted he, he couldn't invest his time he wouldn't invest his time in somebody if he didn't believe that they had what it took to operate at the very top level there was two parts to the story it was a fantastic team and you're a fantastic stable it's coming to a point the dream was coming home and it was at that part of the career where we were, we, no one wants to see it or think about it, but you were you were starting to think about the last couple of fights and, and where better to do it than at home. And talk to us a little bit about that. I had been bursting at the seams to fight at home for a long time, but boxing obviously in Ireland is in a strange place. Been training really hard. COVID put a massive hamper on my career like at, 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 my, at the height of it. I was ranked number 36 in the world and maybe down if I'd have been a bigger promotion company or whatever when I bet Alexis Santos, he was IBO international champion. Yeah, a couple of injuries and I'd been sort of had fairly bad injuries um, as as happens to people at the twilight of their careers. But I was lucky since January this year I've been training fairly consistently and going really well and then for the last five weeks I picked it up and not being smart I, I could have done 12 rounds on on the 19th of November I, I'm absolutely flying I'm out hopping on my skin but yeah coming home was really important your listeners might not know like boxing in Ireland for uh, an Irish pro fighter is a it's a stressful event you have to sell tickets you have to try and cover the bill of your opponent I haven't boxed here since 2016 so there was a massive interest in tickets and I have unbelievable sponsors. I've Joe DeVito from Fun, Fun Palace Casino, Boland's Carpets just on the way into Gory, the Dinky Diner, like you mentioned earlier in Cortown. The nicest chips in the Henry, <laughs> un, Unbelievable, yeah. And then I have James in Wujine, and oh, I've loads, and I should be remembering. I've Body Bro, Ben Brosnan, and Body Bro. And then even down to it, I have a new man, he's an electrical supplier. He had contacted me. All through my boxing career, I was very lucky with loyal sponsors and people that support to me. They were taking a lot of the pressure off this fight and I want to write to you, the main reason behind this fight was to get back winning and to get myself back into a big fight. Probably my biggest thing and my, my biggest hope and wish for that fight on November 19th was to, um, was to get a picture with the little man in the ring. After the fight, so that was a massive thing for me. But look, that's 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 for another day now. This is this 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 is the part that's going to be. This is raw boxing raw. This is it uh, unscripted. This is it as you. This is our hearts on our sleeve here. What Niall is telling us here is that the card will well go ahead and and. Tony Davitt, very fittingly the place where, where Niall started his career and then a great pal of mine, Carl Greaves. It's Listen, it's going to be a fantastic show, no doubt about it, but I don't think anybody on that card will mind me saying this, that it's it's um, it's um it'll be less of a card for you not being on it, Niall. My heart is breaking. It's been breaking since you called me earlier in the week and um, your little fella, and you won't mind me saying, has been as big a battler as his daddy from Day Jump and uh, his story yeah. is as incredible as yours is and, and I'm I'm a dad myself and mate 
it's important for you, as I said to you on the phone the other day, and, and I was struggling to find something positive to say, but it's important for Niall Kennedy to be around for the communion photos and for the confirmation photos and for his, his Debs and his wedding and his girlfriends and, and all the different things that are going to come in the future. And to be there and be cognizant and present and be healthy. And the decision that's come this week is probably not one that you wanted or would have made anytime soon. Do you want to tell us? Oh, I, I probably will do this really quickly because I get in the world that was hard. But I, I, um, I'd had an issue with brain scans before the Babbage fight, but everything came back okay. And I, I suppose in light of a lot of documentaries, and I, I believe the IRFU are being sued fairly heavily by ex-rugby players. The BUI weren't happy with my brain scan this time, and they sent me to go and see a neurologist on Thursday. Yeah, so the, the neurologist unfortunately pulled the plug on, on me fighting again. Um, which is was it's one of the hardest things anyone's ever said to me. But um, yeah, it was it was wasn't an easy day. But he, he made it. I I had explained to him the reasoning behind fighting in Ireland and all this. And to be fair to the man, he he was I wouldn't say he was emotionless, but he he more or less said to me that. Uh, I, I'm not in the business of being sentimental. My list is that I would much rather you be able to have a conversation with your son in 25 years as opposed to you getting a picture with your son in November. That, that was basically it. So Thanks, the, long the, the long and the short of it is that a, a true trauma, well, 31 years of getting boxed in the head, I probably should improve my head movement if anything. <laughs> Um, 31 years of taking impact to the head has had a negative effect um, I, and I'm very lucky that it's been discovered now and I haven't boxed on and done Im- irrepa- irreparable damage you know what I mean so as it is now I'm fine but I'm ever- and I will be fine but everything is I, I'm at midfield if you get me and if I went into their 65 I, I'm under violent pressure so as hard as this is and, and Jesus I wish for any other call I, and, and I always smile when I get a message from you because it's always there's always it's always it's always something positive it's always something to look at and la- smile and learn whether it's about boxing or about something and and through the height of lockdown and the, the the dark days where no one really knew what was going on you, you, were, you were one of those people who were who were a light a guiding light even at times you mightn't have seen the light yourself. You were that light for a lot of people, and just it, it doesn't seem it at the moment, and it's probably not at the moment. But it's it's more important to all of us and everybody around boxing and Irish boxing, whether it's Katie Taylor, Dennis Hogan, or, or the Bow lads, Spike and Ray and the and and Tom and Packy and all those lads, and everybody that knows and loves you. It's important to us that you're around forever and that you're around for as long as you can be, and and that you're around to share all those moments and and be a part of them in your own way. And that's not going to help you at the minute, but I'm sure. I know. Thursday was a hard day, and have look. It's still, it's still all very fresh. But now one door closes and another door opens, so I've been, I've been mulling around an idea to set up a, a youth mental health facility for young people to show them the the value of training and the value of activity for their minds. So 
maybe maybe God has pushed me in that direction now. It's clear how raw it is, and it's clear how how difficult it's been. And there's a lot of fighters just disappear and don't make it known. And and that would have been well within your rights to do the same. You would have been fully entitled to go back to Neve and go back to Menje and and talk to your team by doing this, Niall you're putting the greater good ahead of here if you don't mind me saying I met my amateur coach best man at my wedding as well the other day and obviously he knew I was half walking as well and he just said I know you don't want to hear this but he said I'm relieved because if it was if it was left in your hands you would never have retired yeah. and he said it was always going to end bad in one sense, the only positive out of this week is that the decision was taken out of my hands. It's a pity, and, and, and I have to keep saying this to myself today and yesterday, but in life, I, I'm so lucky. I have a beautiful wife. I have a son who uh, I can't look at him without smiling as much as I'd want to kick him at times, but he's, he's, he's the light of my life and I'm I'm very lucky I have a great family my mum and dad are healthy and across the world and my sister and my brother both live in Gory as well and uh, and me's family well, I'm very lucky I'm surrounded by great people the doctor saying that I would rather you see your son in 25 years I would give my life in the morning for my son and when he's putting it that way to me that I don't want to miss things and when people have this CTE or, or it's, it used to be called punch drunk syndrome or whatever, it brings a lot of a lot of trauma with it as in it, it very few well, the way the doctor or the neurologist said it to me, he said he deals with a lot of people that have it and unfortunately he said they arrive at their appointments on their own and they go home on their own. It brings a lot of aggressive nature and a lot of people that have it end up in addiction and I probably could have went and got a second opinion but my, my little man is so important for that to be honest with you and the thought of not being able to see him reach all his milestones that that would break my heart to round it out Niall again I can't thank you enough for for geez, even for thinking of me as I said it's it's I'm only doing this podcast two and a half years mate and it's the highest honour anyone has given me but your boxing family those calls over the last few days how did they go? My amateur boxing family yeah sorry taking phone calls and Conor McDonald a very close friend taking a phone call from him and, and his mum even yesterday people the good nature of people is unbelievable um, yeah, look, it, Pascal is, unfortunately, Pascal is very black and white. Yeah, that that's Pascal in a nutshell. Spike is, is a character, and I've, I've, had, I've had a phone call from him, and I don't know if that was an enjoyable phone call, but I've had it. It was a big phone call. Yeah. And then Ray, like, I had, I had a lovely long message from Ray yesterday, and like to know that they're great people, um, and I'm very lucky that boxing has brought so many great people into my life. And I, I, it's 31 years of my life um, I've been doing this, and to know now I can't do it is hard. But look, it's more important that everything else is that me even MJ looked after, and, and like I said, I. I I don't want to go to the dark side, and I'm lucky. I, I'm dangerously close to it, but I haven't put. There's nothing that can't be fixed at the minute. So 
I remember you telling me, and not to go too dark, and we'll, we'll finish on a lovely note, as lovely as I can. I remember you telling me in, in those dark years when you left boxing how a very close pal and dear pal of yours, and it's something that's touched both our lives, left too soon, and, and that that saw you go to the dark side, and boxing reached down deep into that dark side and pulled you back up by the jocks, even if it was screaming and kicking at the time. And um, I know at the moment those days probably aren't as dark, but they're dark in a different way, and, and, and I absolutely... I can say for all that I know and without being certain that I've, I just know boxing is going to reach to you again, whether it's in the capacity of helping young kids with mental health, because there's a lot of courses we can do, Niall, as you know, that will teach us how to do things and they'll teach us how not to do things and they'll teach us how you should do things and they'll tell us how we're wrong, but there's no course like life and mate, you've come through life and you've had those knocks and you've taken them, not just in the ring, you've seen, you've seen that side and, and it's when anyone has seen that side, he, he, it's not somewhere you want to go back to this is boxing in its own weird way tapping you on the shoulder and saying that's it mate last round very possible yeah and look I do think and Darren is probably right he knows me since I, since we joined boxing together so um, but he's he's probably right I, I would have I would have fought too long and I'd have done damage that would have maybe taking shots at times as well like I, I, I regard myself as having a really good chin mm-hmm. I just wish I'd have moved my head more now alright but um, yeah it, it is what it is uh, it's it's taken out my control but the most important thing is, is downstairs now in a life full of memories or in a career full of memories it's probably unfair for me to ask but if you if you were to pick a handful of ones that stand out yeah, um, watching my best friend in his second All Ireland, Darren O'Toole, he'd, he'd only buried his father um, the year earlier. Winning my own Irish title was a massive one. We fought five for Ireland, winning the World Place and Fire Games twice, but boxing in, in Belfast in uh, Rosedale Hall in 2013 and beating a Russian in the final. Winning the Harringay Cup by Beck Nick Webb in that. But then, yeah, the, the New England title and the Massachusetts titles were massive. Um, the Alan Babbage fight, the whole thing, but having a panic attack on the way to the ring, the whole thing of that fight. You know, just the experience of that whole last match. I wouldn't say it's one of the greatest memories I have, but it's a memory and I think it's important for me to acknowledge. At this part of the show... It's important for me to thank each and every person who gave me their time over the last couple of days, who remembered Niall in their way, told stories, and I can tell you some of the ones that have yet to come are mild compared to what was said off air. One of the fellas I reached out to on Sunday night is the aforementioned Savage. Niall Kennedy, my warrior brother, thank you for sharing the ring with me, and Savage wishes you happy retirement. The friendship's like, Stephen Armand was was like my brother in the gym when I started up there. He was unbelievable to me. That team, they've been going great together. Even the people that weren't in box, Noel is there. He wants to help everybody else out, you know. He always has been that way. Big, big, big softy. Got a lovely family now. He's going to move on now. And uh, boxing never will go away in the heart. He'll always be there. Keep on keeping on. Spike is what I, I would class Spike, one of my best friends now. He's, he's a gentleman. Myself and himself. Oh, some of the stories. This stage, I'm going to get Pascal and Spike 
to tell a story between them about an incident that occurred in Boston. And if you just take into account that Big Niall is, of course, he's a pillar of his communities, and being a guard, his integrity and his honesty and his reputation is, is, is a huge part of everything that he does. And taking all that into account, when you consider the lads putting him up to it, makes it even funnier and gives you just a, a little glimpse of some of the day-to-day things that went on in the Celtic Warriors gym. We always had good crack. We'd be in the house for three, four days. Ken had it in the palm we would all stay. Be in the house. And if we just crack, winding each other up and crack going on. It usually was Spike winding me and Niall up, to be quite honest with you. I remember one day he set, we set Niall up in the hotel. You know, we asked the kid, the phone runner, that's been in a, in a, in a hotel uh, sorry, not a hotel, a gym around the corner from our hotel. We're in there kind of stretching out two days before the fight, making weight. And as we're leaving, you know, the phone roll of his hand to Noel said, Hey, no, carry that back to the hotel. We can't carry it back. And so, unbeknownst to Noel, he was actually robbing the phone roller from the, from the sports club. He thought it belonged to me and Spike. It wasn't. So, by the time we got back to the hotel, we laughing. He's like, Why are you laughing at? And he says, Well, actually, you just stole that phone roller from that gym. And here's the bowl Spike's memory of that event. You know, again, I'm going to blame Packy for that because Packy told him, <laughs> Packy handed him the phone roller and he said, Hey, Carrie, that's you. And we were sitting in some sort of a fitness gym just doing a bit of a walk over to the pad walk and all that. And uh, there was a reception there and uh, so he's being led like the heavier doctor he just he walked past the reception nobody said a word from we got back to the department and Packy uh, goes you have to wrap him down over there was like it was writing on it whatever the name of the gym was there uh, I don't know whatever gym was written on it like oh, something great maybe in a garden as well of course like Robin Hope Boston fuck he was freaking out another part of the matrix that uh, was involved in Many, if not all, the shenanigans on the road and, of course, in the Celtic Warrior stable. And have a listen as Ray gives us another look into the dynamic of the setup between the coach and his fighters. We laugh about this. Niall, if Niall says, Come on, we'll have porridge today now for breakfast, Packy said, No, Niall, we won't. We'll have eggs today. <laughs> and if, if, and we do laugh about it, and just for the, for the more or less crack, we do try and even, even just say things for saying and it seems to always happen to Niall. No matter what Niall says, Packy always changes the, the, the conversation. If Niall says porridge, Packy says eggs. If Niall says eggs, Packy says porridge. Basically, basically, I was trying to keep an eye on that food because they all have these mad different diets and I like to keep it basic. Why is that about Niall Candy? Niall Candy loves Cocoa Pops. Cocoa Pops. <laughs> and I've been to fights and I say... Breakfast and I, 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 no, I'd be eating cocoa pops. I said, No, what are you doing? Get a porridge. No, no, I want me cocoa pops. So, see Ray Millet. Ray Millet is a wind up. He's a Thai, he's a Thai fucker, by the way. You do know that, don't you? Oh, I've, all heard, I've heard that Ray is And I tell you, I cannot wait to be doing a podcast about Spike because realistically, right, I actually have to take my hat off to Spike because he has stung me more times. And I thought, I, I remember one time he says, I'm going to get him back. And you know what? He actually stole me again. I'm not sure to set him up. And before I knew it, he was gone and, and he, he caught me for another. He, he keeps catching us off on meals. And for, you know these people who always forget their wallets. There's an accusation coming in, shots fired almost from a Dublin man to, to a Cork man that you're, you're a bit tight and that you catch him all the time for <laughs> breakfast and meals. <laughs> how says you? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know how I get that up there. I don't pay for all the fucking meals. Well, let me tell you, there's a male man says the same fucking thing, so they're ganging up on you, aren't they? <laughs> 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 the fucking bastards I done an, an interview with Off The Ball in relation to being bipolar mm. and 
a lot of people reached out to me after that 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 helped them so if I'm proud of any that's probably the proudest thing when it comes to bipolar the most high profile person I know is Stephen Fry and he wasn't diagnosed until he was 37 mm. very intelligent man very clued in man I was surprised he hadn't been diagnosed with this until he was 37 years of age that's quite late and he was saying I'd never even heard the word before uh, for the first time I had the diagnosis, it explained to me the massive highs and the miserable lows that I lived with all my life. So the highs and the lows. Yeah. That is about as in-depth an understanding as I have of bipolar. It's someone who has massive highs, massive lows. I went. I lost my best friend when I was 19. Um, very close, he would have been like a brother to me, Colin Bulger, and I suffered fairly bad with it at the time. How did he pass away? He committed suicide. Um, so... Shock? No, unfortunately, I'd love to say it was, but rewindly 16 years dead now, God rest of man. That conversation 16 years ago was nearly, you you changed the subject straight away as opposed to trying to look for help. And that's a lot of the reason around this headspace, Corey.ie. It's to, to learn how to ask the questions, to learn how to, if someone does, disclose something that they're suicidal or they're having suicide thoughts that you take it serious well it would have been difficult for you at a certain age yeah I was young I was young and listen mental health wasn't talked about as much back then so um, but Colin passed away and I hope you don't beat yourself up over that no no I did for a a long time Um, but no no I don't now thank god but if I've helped one person that's more important than boxing and hopefully Showing people that feel like there's very little in front that that there is. The biggest thing with depression is that you feel it, it can't ever get better. Yeah, I, I think it's important for people to understand that depression is an emotion and emotions change. Emotions go away. Like, you know, so if you feel shit now, the chances are you won't always feel shit. You just have to be strong enough to ride out that wave. His honesty hits home in such a way that, that there's no there's no teachers, there's no books can do that. And his honesty to help all those around him is just huge, like himself. And just that he would know that he has made a massive difference in people's lives. And people he doesn't even know. Like all those kids he stood in front of and was honest in front of. He'll never know the difference that that made. In as much as he might say, I, I helped him out. He has no idea how many of the young lads he touched in school by just being on. My nan was my guiding light and still is. And the older I get, the more I feel she's still around kicking my ass now and then just to remind me. And it was something along the lines of uh, when when big men cry, the world listens. And um, Ireland has gone from a place where men were told to stop crying and don't be don't be don't be a sissy and don't be this and don't be that. And I think it's you, Niall, in in this era have been um, absolute epitome of of showing everybody that it's better out than in. I wish I didn't have to. I wish you and your beautiful family and, and, and all of your beautiful families, mate. I can't thank you enough for everything. And and don't think you're getting rid of me that easy. I'm going to have you. I'm going to torment you. Now that you're on the other side of the ropes, you can you can be a little bit more... Um, not that you were never honest, but you can you can say things differently and, and that will be truly valued as well. And, and as I said, I can't I can't thank you enough for everything over the time. No, but my Thanks a million for taking the time to take the call as well. And through the form... In his haste to thank everybody and deflect the praise from himself, 
Niall left a couple of things out of his, his record of achievements. As well as winning an Irish title, he won the Massachusetts titles, the New England titles, which are the equivalent of an Irish title and a European title for anybody that may not be familiar. He sparred with and helped the very best in the world prepare by being part of their camp, including Anthony Joshua, and I believe quite a few of those people have been in contact with him over the last few days. In 2020, he was announced as the WBC Hero of the World Award for his services, his frontline work, throughout the pandemic. But a title that I know Niall cherishes above all else, one that can't be awarded, can't be won, but can never be relinquished. Thrown away by some, but it takes real, real heavyweight colossus to step up and do it properly. It's the title of husband and dad. And while this is a, is a sad decision and a sad couple of days for Niall, I hope this episode helps lift him a little bit, makes him smile and laugh a little bit, and there's no doubt, no doubt, it will draw yet another couple of tears from, from that big, gentle giant that we all know and love. He looked after me um, on the many trips going over and back to Boston, and I oh, thank you for everything you've done for me. Oh, well, um, I don't think there's anyone ever I've ever met in uh, boxing as a bad word to say about Nigel, and he's just an absolute gentleman. Um, I agree with Packy that uh, Nigel isn't done with boxing, you know, and I'm sure there's a place there for him to help people out. I think it was around 9 or 10 in a very close fight, and Nigel was uh, in over his head in this fight, and I was like, you know what, Nigel, this is a very close fight, and he was he was absolutely zapped. Listen, Nigel. You have a baby, I said, three, four months old, a tiny little baby, I said, in, a, in, a, in an incubator in a hospital back in Dublin, fighting for its life. I said, now, you one round. One round, three minutes, go out there and give it your all. Think about that little baby. And he looked at me and I knew, I knew, I clicked. I reached, I, I hit a nerve there with Niall. And my God, Niall just rose to the occasion. I truly hope you've enjoyed this episode number 200 as much as I've enjoyed telling it. And I also hope that possibly maybe be around for another 200 episodes and telling the stories of those fantastic boxing people that I told you about earlier on in this episode. For me and them then, stay safe, stay sane and smile. All's well that ends well.